The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Hey church, thank you so much for joining us online today. I know that the Lord is going to speak to us in a way that I hope you hear. And not just hear, but as the Bible tells us, we can't just hear the word, we need to do what it says. And, and the message today, we're taking a break from the Gospel of Luke, okay, we'll, we'll take a two-week break, and today we're going to actually go back and kind of gather some language and an initiative our church started a year and a half ago. And, and if this is one of your first times with us, that's fine, I, I want you to know that we adopted this language of for you. We adopted it because we believe, we believe that to be the church that God has called us to be, we need to let our communities know that we, we the church, are for them for this one very important reason, because God is for them. God is for you. God is for people. And the church for far too long has been characterized by what it's against, and, and that's just a travesty because God is for people, all people. He loves you and he wants you to know him and spend eternity with him. And it's so imperative that we as a church pause from time to time and come back to the why. Why are we doing what we do? Okay, that's a great question. But the first question we have to answer is what are we doing? Okay, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We as a church, we exist to make disciples for the glory of God. And from time to time, we'll even throw on an additional phrase there. We want to make disciples that make disciples for the glory of God. That's our mission statement. That's why we exist. That's why we do what we do. Everything has to fit under that banner. Now, there's a lot of room underneath that banner, There's many ministries we have. There's many opportunities that we have. We have fun. We are serious. We study. We grow. We learn. We worship. All of these things fit under that banner. But if it doesn't fit under that banner, then we don't do it as a church. Now, if we're going to make disciples for the glory of God, we need to be reaching people in our community that currently do not have a relationship with God. That's where it all starts. Think of it as a zero. It starts at zero. We need to be reaching people in our community that do not know God. So we are taking today to just continue to bang the symbols of our mission. We exist to make disciples for the glory of God. One of the best ways that we are going to be able to see that mission fulfilled is to let our communities know that we are for them. We can't just say it. We've got to show it. We've got to be present within our communities. And one of the leaders who who was over me early in my ministry, he just said, "The, the leader of any church, the leader of any organization, their number one job is just to continue to clang the symbols of the vision. And so today... I'm clanging the symbols of our vision. We exist to make disciples for the glory of God. We exist to be a church that lets our community know that we are for them because God is for them. If that's something that resonates with your heart, 
If that's something that you go, yes, I'm, I'm in, then you're going to love today. If that's something that you say, yeah, I, I would love to believe you, Todd. I would love to believe you. But there's, there's a problem. I've, I've seen too much. I've, I've, I've been to a church, and, and I've seen that churches really are for people. And that's, that's so sad, unfortunately so true for many. And what I want to do today is, is help us shrink that gap. Shrink the gap between the person that goes, hey, I, I know the church isn't for me because this, because of this, because they said this, because I went once and this happened. I, I want to shrink that gap. And the way we do that, the way we shrink that gap, or at least begin to shrink that gap, is to focus on what we want to be known for. What do we okay, individually and as a church, want to be known for? That's, that's a great question for anyone to ask, okay? What do, what do you want to be known for? When someone talks about you, when they reference you, what do they say? What do you want to be known for? As a church, that question is just as important. What do we want to be known for? And to hopefully answer this question, it's, I think it's helpful to get some outside perspective of, of terms of what the church is currently known for. And I've, I've already mentioned this, but in general, in general, if you ask a person who's not a part of the church, if you ask a person, hey, uh, never been, doesn't want anything to do with God, if you ask them, hey, what, what's the church all about? Their answers are pretty hurtful. Well, the church is against this type of person because they say the Bible says that they're against this type of person. The church is, is you know, pro this and anti this and they don't say that the church is for me or for this community. And, and that just can't be. Why, why would someone want to walk in the doors of an organization a church, I, I don't like to use that word, but why would they want to walk in the doors of anything that, that they feel doesn't care for them, that they believe has no desire to see them succeed, to flourish, that, that they feel like they have been cast out from already? Why, why would anyone want to walk in those doors? I think the church is known far more for what it's against than what it's for. And so that makes people within our communities, right here, your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, it makes people think that church isn't for me because the church isn't for me. I'm not going to waste my Sunday. I'm not going to join a group. I'm not going to send my kids somewhere. I'm not going to do that. I'm not gonna, church isn't for me because the church isn't for me for whatever reason, whether it's factual or not. It's a popular belief. And I want to think just for a moment today, just so you can get a picture in your mind, okay? That's, that's all this is for. I want you to think about just a random guy. My, I'm 41. Just a random guy my age, I want you to think of him, who's sitting on his couch on Sunday morning, hoping for NFL football to start soon. I, I want you to think about that guy. What does he, what does that random guy in the community, what does he think about Summit? Church is not on his radar. Church is not a Sunday option for how he wants to live his life. And reaching this guy, okay, reaching meaning 
allowing the love of God to be known to this man. That fulfills our mission. That's why we're talking about this. So we gotta, we got to figure out how to reach this guy, but the reality is he's not going to ever walk in this door. Okay, that, that he's just not. He's not going to wake up and show up. He's not going to turn on the, his, his computer and view online. He's just not going to do it because that's not even a thought in his mind. But reaching this guy, reaching this guy is our mission. That's what we've set out to do as a church for 12 years, to reach this community, to be a part of this community to make sure that guy knows the love of Jesus. Our mission is to shrink the gap between the guy on the couch and the church. The question is, how do we do it? Well, we do it initially by being a church that this guy knows cares for him. Legitimately cares for him. It starts by being a church that this guy knows is for him. And, and let me just make sure, this is a caveat real quick. We're not just talking about reaching middle-aged men here. Okay? That's, that's not our only mission. But that is one of the harder demographics to reach. If, if you look at churches across the country, there, there's void in that demographic. Because these middle-aged men feel like the church has nothing for them, but they're wrong. Because while the church has many great things, the church represents Jesus, and Jesus is for that man. In Acts chapter 15, verse 19, there, there's just this beautiful statement. Okay, it's a beautiful statement, and it's, it's James speaking, okay, who's the head of the church in Jerusalem, and he says this, it is my judgment, after, after seeing everything, after hearing all the arguments, it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. We should not put stumbling blocks in the way of people who want to come to the Lord. And here's specifically the context of Acts chapter 15. Peter, Paul, Barnabas had all come back. They had their first missionary journey. There's all of these Gentiles now, okay? These are non-Jewish people who have heard the gospel preached, maybe for the first time in their life, and the first thing they did is they came into a synagogue, they came into a church, and they said, you need to be circumcised. Now, I, I, I mean, just let that sink in for a moment, okay? If you are a male, an adult male, it's like, so wait, you told me about the love of God, and then the first thing you want me to do is come in and conform to you in a very real and painful way. That this is, this is craziness. How is this part of God loving me? And what James and Paul and Peter all concluded, what they concluded was, we shouldn't make it difficult for that person to be a part of our community. We shouldn't ask them to clean up all their life. We shouldn't ask them to be perfect. We shouldn't ask them to change the way they think or believe politically. We shouldn't do these things just because it's customary within the church. No, we shouldn't make it difficult for people who are far from God to come to God. And I know you're going, Todd, that's, that's obvious. It's obvious. But I want you to understand, this is why people struggle 
This is why church attendance is declining in America because the church is known so well for what it's against that people go, well, I'm not gonna give up that. I'm not gonna do that. You don't have to initially, but you need to hear the message. You need to experience the grace and the love that takes you from death to life. And then it's God who will start to change and reform and refine and sanctify your life. The church cannot be a place where people intentionally avoid because they go, if I walk in there, they're gonna just rip me. It can't be. We need to be for people. So how do we do this? Well, Summit becomes a church for this guy on the couch when he knows we care for him. When he knows we care for him. How do we do that? Well, it's by being a part of the community that this guy lives in. Okay? It goes back to the question, what do we want to be known for? Well, I think the answer is we need to be known as a church that is for people, for our communities. When we set out 12 years ago, we set out to reach the greater Southwest metropolitan area, okay? Here's all that means. Oklahoma City, down to Blanchard, Bridge Creek, over to Norman. There's a little triangle that's formed there. That was our goal. Now, we didn't know if it would be with one church or multiple churches or three churches. We didn't know how we were going to do it, but that was always our goal, to reach that area, the greater southwest metropolitan area. Now, within that, there's many communities, but that's okay because you, you live in those communities. And you, by being for people in your communities, by being for the schools, for local businesses, by being for children and adults, your neighbors, by doing this, you let your community know that Summit is for them. And you're going, well, we need stickers and we need all this. No, no, no. You, you just need to be engaged in your community to let people know that you are for them. Because when you meet that guy on the couch, it's not going to be on a Sunday morning in church. It's going to be at the kids' soccer game. It's going to be in a local restaurant. It might be his restaurant. It's going to be working beside your neighbor to help them dig a hole in their backyard. That's how you shrink the gap. You engage, you invest, you let people know, hey, you don't have to be perfect around me because I'm not perfect. I'm just for you. And the reason I'm for you is because God's for you. That's all you need to know. God's for you and I'm for you. And a year and a half ago, church, we tried to instill this language into the vernacular of our church. We had monthly emphases, your neighbor, your coworker, schools, and, and we've done, we've done great work, church. This is not a, hey, we failed, we gotta restart. No, this is a, let's continue doing the great work that has already started. I want to make sure that you're hearing this language of for you. We are for you because God is for you because I want you to use it when you go to work, when you go to school, when you go to play, when you're with your children, I want people in your community to know that you 
are for them. That this week we're starting Project Christmas, something we've done every year as a church. Project Christmas 2022 will look very similar to Project Christmas 2021. But for the last year, we have used the funds that you generously gave to reach out to our community partners to let them know that we are for them, to show tangibly the love of God, to let them know that we are here because God is for them. And we're gonna do it again. I'm gonna ask you, like I do every year, to look at how you do Christmas. And I I know we're still eight weeks away, but I want you to look at how you do Christmas and and consider, could you forsake one or two gifts from within your family and donate $50 per person from your family to Project Christmas so that for 2022, we can continue to bless those in our communities Continue to allow them to know that we are for them. We're literally putting our money where our mouth is. I I just, I want to challenge you to begin to have those conversations amongst yourself. Because here's the deal. If we embrace this, if we embrace this for you mentality, there's there's a very simple three-step process that will allow us to reach our communities. And it starts with finding common ground. Common ground. It's not just saying, hey, come to my church. Because for a lot of people, your church is not common ground. For, for me, this past weekend, it was, it was at the soccer field, watching my boy play, getting, getting to talk to a gentleman that, that I now know his name and his family and his story. It's just common ground. It it wasn't inviting him to church. It was just listening and talking and hearing. Your neighbors have common ground. Why? Because they want your neighborhood to look good and and be great. And and you can serve and, and engage in your neighborhood, in your office place, in your work, in your school. You're part of a community. It's engaging on common ground so that you can create a conversation with someone Within that conversation, you slip in the language that God is for them, that you are for them, and then that allows a connection. And that connection is actually where God takes over, and he's the one then that starts to do the heart work. You are just the vessel. You are simply the voice. It's God who does the changing. We create common ground when we get to tell people, you live where I live And we both want the same thing for this community. For far too long, the church has been this obsolete island within communities. We need to be the epicenter of community, where people want to come and gather. But they're going to do so when they know that we care for the communities that we live in. We create the common ground, which creates the conversation, which allows God to come to his part. This isn't difficult. This isn't the most radical idea you've ever heard. This is language that makes sense and should be a part of our normal, everyday life. But I challenge you, I challenge you to implement it. To not just hear this and go, yeah, that would be awesome. But to actually do something with it. Here's a sad question. I'm wrapping up. This is a sad question. 
If Summit ceased to exist today, would our communities feel that? Would they even notice? I want to be the kind of church that if for some reason, yeah, our doors closed, the teachers in the schools, the local businesses, your neighbors, they would be aware because that voice, that nurture, that kindness, that love, that we as a church are constantly pouring into the community, they would feel its absence. And that kind of impact on a community only happens when we do our part. When a church is for the community, for the people, for the people in the community, deeply desiring to introduce them to the love of their heavenly father, they become a part of the community, a partner within the community. That's what I want Summit to be. So I ask, are you in? Are you willing? Are you willing to help show our community that we are for them because God is for them? Are you willing to be intentional? Are you willing to give your time, your treasure, your money, and your talent? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to love? It's not really that hard to do if you just start doing it. But the impact, the impact is incredible. And the impact has eternal ramifications. I want the person in our community that thinks church is the last possible option to know from you that it's not at all about coming to church on a Sunday morning, but it's about knowing that our Heavenly Father loves them and is for them. And I think that's a message that our world needs to hear. And I think that's why we exist, to make disciples for the glory of God. And I invite you first into that relationship with God. And second, if you already know that love, to share it. To share it with a simple, simple language. To let your community know that you are for them, that you're with them. And the reason that you are is because so is God. Father, help us be messengers of this truth, of this joy. Help us be for our communities as you are for us. Lord, I pray for the hearts, the minds, and the souls of our community. May we see revival, a spiritual awakening from the simplicity of just letting people know that you love them. Help us, help us, God. Help us be the hands and feet of your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray.